JD Talking Sports. It is Saturday, August 11, 2018. Let's get right to it. What a productive day. What a productive day I had. I finished watching the last, I don't know, four or five episodes of Future Man. Uh, I was on my glider today for only an hour and 42 minutes. Gumbo Chef will know all about that because he does it whenever we, whenever I train him. And I'm getting a blister on my toe because I'm on the goddamn glider so much. We had a flood warning today in Jersey. The rain was so freaking intense. And then my mother and I have watched the last four and a half episodes of Big Little Lies. Good acting, but I mean, by the end, I was just like, get to the fucking ending already. Let's find out. Let's find out what the big... Well, well, no, I don't want to give anything away, but... You watch you watch uh, the the show uh, revolves around someone uh, about, around a murder, but you don't you have to, you got believe me you got to watch the whole every episode. Acting was fantastic, but again, you're watching rich white women in Monterey, California, and you really can't feel anything for them. I mean, no one seems to be working except they all live in these houses with views that are out of control. So it was white people problems, except for uh, Zoe Kravitz. So there was white women and Zoe Kravitz, who is hot as shit and. She looked really good. and But uh, Reese Witherspoon, Laura Dern, uh, Nicole Kidman, all really freaking solid. Really, really solid. I reckon, but but uh, Future Man, uh, I just read it's going to be, well, uh, Josh Hutchinson, can be back for his second season. I, I fucking loved it. I really did. I couldn't stop. I was totally into it. I was totally watching it. I was looking for something new to watch, and I was like, you know, I'm burnt out. I can't watch anymore. We played a couple games of Roomy Cube tonight. I lost. I didn't win. I didn't win, but that was all right. Took a nap. Peanut, I think, has diabetes because she drinks water more than anybody I've ever seen. I love reading about, well, supposedly some dipshit wore a Confederate hand ba- hand ba- hand bandana to the African American Museum. The Klansman and the black man trying to save him. Who the fuck would show up at the African American Museum wearing a Confederate bandana but a KKK dude? What the fuck? And I want to see that movie. That's. I'm gonna, I think we're going to see it tomorrow, the Spike Lee movie. I really want to see that. Highly recommend it. And D-Wade said, I'm playing overseas where he could have got, I think, a 3 or $21 million deal to play in China. And he says, no, if I'm playing the game of basketball this year, it'll be in Miami uniform. Well, I don't think so. I think I should. you should have taken the money and go play over in China. And Isaiah Thomas, how do you really feel about Cleveland? Cleveland was a shithole. I see where Le- why Braun left again. Hmm. Hmm. And then he apologized. He apologized. Yeah. Cleveland was a shithole. I see. Okay. That's, dude, can you just, you know what? Do you have to post this stuff? Do you, I mean, it's something, does everybody need to see? Yeah. And then he apologized. What did he say? I apologize for my choice of words about Cleveland. I was on my live, I was on my live playing around. They don't show you everything for a reason. Shaking my head. Right after that that I clarify what I said all love to everybody who would love for me in Cleveland why do you have to be live you know what sometimes it's better to be live no 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 that's where you know this whole like everybody goes live and you know what we're not all that interesting I'm not that interesting you're not that interesting Isaiah Thomas isn't interesting hey man talk about Cleveland it was a shit you know what? believe me I'm sorry Cleveland I don't think a lot of people are going hey man I'll go to Cleveland well maybe I'd go to see the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and I'd go see the Browns. I'd like to see the Browns because the fans are pretty passionate. And, you know, I'd like to go to an Indian game for sports maybe, but is it a place I want to live? I don't think of Cleveland as a place. Hey, where are we moving? We're moving to Cleveland. No, I don't think so. I don't think so at all. At all. So tomorrow i got to be up early to train a client. I have to go to bed soon. 
you know, because I'm an old man. <laughs> and uh, Yankees won today. The Mets, I don't know if the Mets, the, were the Mets rained out tonight? See, the Mets were, buh, buh, buh. No, I don't want that. I want the games. The Mets are playing. This ESPN. Have you tried ESPN play? No, I'm because I'm not playing paying five freaking dollars for this shit. Marlins are tied with the Mets, three three, top of the eighth. And freaking uh, Tiger Woods is in four. He's four shots off the lead. Eight under at the PGA. How about that? I really want to see the Charger. I'm kind of pissed. The NFL Network's showing the Vikings Broncos, and I really want to watch. I want to see Josh Rosen play the Charger in the Cardinal game, but they're not showing that game. They'll probably show it after it's over. Sox, Red Sox are freaking, Red Sox are freaking 83 and 35. 83 and 35. Can you believe that shit? They're playing a double header today. Oh, and they're tied 2 2. Yankees are now 73 and 43. They've won, they won a four, they won five of the last six, which is good after they were playing some shitty ball. Stanton hit his 29th home run today. Andujar freaking hit his 17th. Rookie's having a fucking great year. I'll tell you. Nice win to But Zach Britton, again, pitching like shit in relief. But you had uh, Chapman come in and get the save. First save in a while. I mean, he hasn't pitched, actually. He hasn't pitched. Well, he pitched a little bit, but his. Uh, like Sunday, the Sunday blow up. Think about that. It was just last week in Boston. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah, and I, I I basically watched the whole Jet game. I watched them preserve the shutout last night, which I was like, all right, cool. I was happy that they held on to that lead. I was like, phew. I don't know why I want them to get the, You know, that was the first... Sh- Iron Eagle. Thanks, Iron Eagle. That was the first shutout in Jets... Uh, first home shutout in Jets history in a... Preseason game. First shutout ever in a Jets home preseason game. I mean, talk about a random fact, but pretty crazy, right? So Zach Wheeler, last night, and uh, yesterday, seven innings, gave up two runs, four hits. So with six career starts at Marlins Park, the most for Wheeler anywhere other than City Field. He's a 155 ERA. Unbelievable. He's already up to 134 in the third innings, the most since 2014. And uh, Callaway said Friday afternoon he'd be okay with uh, him riding uh, through the end of the season despite that workload, as long as he continues to feel good and pitch well. So, yeah. Hey, Ahmed Rosario went three for five, thank God. Austin Jackson three for four. So, Stephen Matz is scheduled for a simulated game. Was simulated game today that would line him up to pitch in the doubleheader Thursday against the Phillies. The Mets, he's ready. They're considering a six-man rotation to keep Corey Oswalt in the rotation. Now they talk about the effect on Jacob Degrom and getting his uh, young Callaway. Said we understand where he's at and what he's trying to do. We would make sure that he's taken care of. You damn right he would. Also hoping to see first base pros- prospect Peter Alonso with the Mets in September. On Thursday in AAA Vegas, uh, Alonso 23, his 28th homer of the season, became the first player majors and minors to reach 100 RBIs a season. 
Now his defensive ability and the Mets' first best playing time are question marks. I'm like, bring the guy fucking up, man. Why are you let it? The, the season's over. It's over. Let him freaking come up. Yeah. Well, and Yankees lost last night, twelve seven. Ronald Guzman had three home runs, two off Tanaka, one off AJ Cole. They lost twelve to seven. They had a nine one lead after five and a third. It was his first loss since I think he'd been seven and zero since the beginning of the season. I, I yeah, it's, I don't think exact stat right in front of me, but Gardner hit his tenth home run. They were down nine one. They actually closed it, and, you know, Romine went 3-for-4, three, 3 RBIs, hit his seventh home run. Unbelievable, man. I'm trying to find this. I want to get that stat so I can sound like I'm... I want, to, I want J.D. to sound really smart right now. Yeah. Yeah, Tanaka, last time he lost... Gary Sanchez was the Yankees catcher. Tyler Austin was the starting first baseman. The Yankees were a 500 team. That was April 17th. In 16-plus weeks, he had Sanchez in the deal. Austin was traded in Minnesota for, Minnesota for a pitcher, Lance Lynn. And the Yankees went on a 64-34 run, and Tanaka went 7-0. How about that? Over five innings, he matches season high in runs, six home runs, giving up three in a start. Two came in the fourth inning. Adrian Beltre, 469 home runs. That's, that's, that's a big num- fucking number, dude, even though they're having a shitty year. So they had a four-game winning streak. Cost them a game in the American League East race. So Red Sox yesterday rallied from an 8-3 deficit, deficit to beat Bo- the Orioles 19-12. They're now net nine games behind Boston, and they were four games ahead of Oakland in the wild card race pending uh, Oakland's game against Angels last night. Tanaka's allowed 22 home runs this season, the most of any Yankee starter. They allowed 35 last season. Six runs again Friday, matched his season high, established April 11th in a 10-7 Yankees win against the Sox. How about that? See, I told you I had information I wanted to give to you. I knew I had stuff I had to get out of my, well, off my chest, so I did. I did. It feels good when, I, when, when, when I, I, I knew I had the facts I wanted to give. I got it out. I feel so refreshed when I do that. The Jets' first preseason shutout, in, a home shutout in in, in franchise history, on Eagle, thank you. <laughs> like a random fucking stat. I mean, that's like random, random. So listen to this. Nets closed their season with 10 of the final 13 games against last season's playoff clubs, and they have nine of their final 13 on the road. Now, they want to improve on the eight-game improvement last season was the second most. Last season was the second most in the Eastern Conference. And you got Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. You know, they want to make another jump. But if they go, poor record going into the February trade deadline, with a tough slate to end the, end the season, they may try to, hey, he might be trading some guys. But listen, listen I don't think they got, they, they didn't get better. They got Jeremy, like Jeremy Lin's gone. Well, they're trying to save money for next season. I mean, they're definitely younger. I guess we'll see. They got a bunch of overseas draft picks. Picked a bunch of overseas players with draft picks this year. D'Angelo Russell's, you know, what's he, you know? Oh, and I love the kid, uh, Jared Allen, the kid out of uh, Texas. I think he's going to be a beast. So we'll see what happens. Now, Peter Alonzo, you know, listen. They said the issue is uh, they likely won't summon the slugging first baseman in September. 
but cautioned that nothing was concrete. So there's a potential first-base logjam with Wilmer Flores, Jay Bruce, and Dominic Smith. Well, I say give up on fucking Dominic Smith. Flores and Jay Bruce, tough shit, you're paying him the money. Alonzo, let him bring him up. If the Mets replaced Alonzo on the roster for September, it would eliminate a spot on the 40-man that could be used to protect a player from, that's why they're not going to do it, protect a player from the Rule 5 draft. That's why they're going to keep him down. He's on a 382 tear over his last 11 games. He uh, stole the highlight reel at the All-Star Futures game last month with a mammoth home run at Nationals Park. Second round pick in 2016 draft. Began the season at Binghamton, received a June promotion to Vegas. Him and Jeff. Now, Jeff McNeil, two weeks ago, is hitting 289 in 15 games after going one for five in yesterday's game. So he's, he's, he's showing that he should be up there. Now, they're saying his defense on Alonzo is a significant question. But they've seen enough improvement this season that they believe he can survive at first base. They said he's made, you know, he's made huge strides. Listen, I said bring him up. They said he was pressing in July. I said bring him up. <sighs> Jesus Christ, let him play. You know what? You have nothing to play for anymore. You know what? Forget about Flores. Forget about not that we're talking about the future now. There's a 23 year old kid. Bring him up. Let him play. And I'd love to have a slugging uh, first baseman. And I'll tell you, Jay Bruce was that was listen. Put, you'll put him in the outfield. Let him go somewhere else. He's hurt anyway. He's not playing. Bring up the young guys. So you, you, you can't protect one player. Listen, this guy's the real deal. Let's bring him up. Let's see what he can do. Guys, this guy's a freaking, 20, what, 20, 100 RBIs, 28 home runs, 382 the last seven games in Triple A. The guy should be playing in major leagues right now. There are other guys that bring up these stupid rules. Oh, we got to protect another player. Bring him up already. And how about this? So the Knicks are going to play in the record, NBA record, 53rd Christmas Day game. You know that's that's a definite trivia question because you know that's that's a really good one. So they're going to play in. They're going to play in Milwaukee for that game against the Greek Freak. The noon game tips off a stretch of twelve games, which the Knicks will face ten playoff teams from last season. The two that missed January first at Denver and three days later at the Lakers. Well, the Lakers now have LeBron. You can't really take that into. Now you have to think that a much better team. They, they said there isn't a single easy game in that stretch. Includes defending NBA champion Warriors, the 76ers. You got Donovan Mitchell of the Jazz. Wrap up against the Rockets. And with Carmelo, yeah. Oof. The Nets will be waiting them uh, when that brutal run ends on January 25th. Now the Knicks only will have five national TV games on ABC ESPN or TNT after having 22 just two seasons ago. But, hey, Lithuanian Laser has to be excited, right? Yeah, he's got to be excited for this season. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think he's that excited. Not at all. Now, I read Karen Kraus. Is it, is it Karen? Karen? I'll make sure I'm getting it on. Karen. Karen Kraus, New York Times, wrote an article about uh, I don't want. I don't want to. I don't want to scoop the name. Ludecky. What's what's her name? Is it Karen? Is it? What the heck? I don't. I don't want to scoop the name. She ran Olympics. Katie Ludecky. Freaking great! Freaking great! Great story in the Times. So last month, Katie Ledecky became the first female Olympian to grace the cover of National Geographic, which 
she loved since she was a child. The article focused on science and sports. Now, she also, there was a the magazine arranged a Q&A between Ledecky and the public on Twitter, where she talked about setting goals, you know, but also about encouraging young athletes to relish the everyday joys of challenging themselves rather than obsessing over success. And actually, a woman from Virginia joined the Twitter exchange. She asked for advice on her 11-year-old daughter who loves swimming but seemed unable to push ahead of the others. And she also heard from parents talking about, you know, their expensive high-tech, of seeking a version of Ledecky's ex- expensive high-tech swimsuit for their daughters, whom they describe as the next Katie Ledecky, which is, you know, listen, this stuff scares the shit out of me. I have parents, like, five-year-old kids, like, my kid's a really good, you know, he's a really good athlete. You know, I'm like, your kid's five years old. Can we, you know, he's hitting off a tee, and uh, let's let's take take things for what they are. You know, I, I hope a kid could hit off a tee, but it's a little different hitting off a tee and hitting live pitching, but, you know, hey, whatever. And uh, Ledecky said she doesn't remember being in such a hurry. She, she actually watched a video on social media of a four-year-old girl swimming in swimming the 100-meter freestyle in a long course, 50-meter pool. And she said she hadn't raced in anything bigger than 25 yards until she was eight. Now, this is a four-year-old. And she's, this is what I loved. She said, I feel lucky that I can enjoy swimming. You know, people just need to relax and take a step back and realize you don't have to be great at this young age. It's not about immediate results. Because what, what happens if a four-year-old's doing this? By the time the kid's eight or nine or ten, the kids burn out. You can't do that. You know, you have to be careful about burning out these kids. And is it for the parents or the kids? I see it all the freaking time. And when she got to Stanford, she uh, assembled a team around her that she believed, you know, to help her balance being a college student and a global brand ambassador while maxing my, you know, because she's also, she's on a seven-year, $7 million contract. She just went pro. She helped lead Stanford to the team national championship the two years she swam at Stanford. Now, her, it's interesting. Her academic advisor is Alia Crum, who's an assistant professor of psychology, who was a serious competitive gymnast at a preteen before shifting her focus to ice hockey, which she played through hockey while working on, toward an undergraduate degree in psychology at Harvard. Now, Crum started out on a boys' team in Aspen, Colorado, before Crum's mother and other parents formed a girls' team. They said, the message my parents imparted, whatever you're doing, do it well, take it seriously, and recognize that at the end of the day, it's a sport, but also a vehicle to being the best person you can be. Now, she's the director, Crum, of the Stanford's Mind and Body Lab, where Ledecky will work for course credit this year. Now, Ledecky was fresh off a five-medal performance at the Rio Games when she signed up for a Crum seminar, How Beliefs Create Reality, in her first college quarter. On the first day of class, Crum separated her 16 students into pairs, told them to get to know their partners, then do introductions based on what they had learned. Crum will never forget the introduction for Ledecky. Here she was, an athlete whose face had been splashed across television and social media over the summer. And Ledecky's partner said, this is Katie. She really loves to swim, and this summer she met all of her goals. <laughs> she failed to tell the other students that these goals, including becoming the first woman since Debbie Meyer in 1968 to the 200, 400, 800-meter freestyle races in a single Olympics. And Crump said, I remember having so much respect for her, not be- just because of what she's accomplished, but how humble she was. Think about that. Five minutes, she said, yeah, someone likes really. This is what she told her partner. The partner said, here's a girl, Olympic champion all over the place. She said, yeah, she swam really well and met all her goals. Talk about a girl who's unpretentious. And, you know, if you want to use her as a role model, maybe the parents who were like having their kids swim freaking four years old and videotape and all this stuff, maybe take a step back and say, you know what, maybe you want to level out the level out the kid that's going to be swimming and have a good head on, the sh- head on their shoulders as they get older and, and not like 
turning him into a freaking robo robo QB like they like Marinovich's dad did with him. Jesus Christ. In the spring, you know, so Crum said she received an email from Ledecky that did not include a question about class or an attempt to schedule office hours. Ledecky had read about Crum's winning a research grant and written to congratulate her. And uh, to be fully human becomes increasingly challenging with the more accolades you get, said Crum. And she said she understands that swimming doesn't need to be a zero-sum thing. I, thought, I mean, it's awesome. Now, it's interesting. When she swam on the team, it cost her as a competitor because, uh, you know, she would give up she would give up her she would give up some of her goals for the team goals but uh so her she trained under stanford's greg Meehan, who fosters his athletes intellectual development was in sync with her goal of swimming not just for times but also for simulation stimulation and camaraderie she said i had a lot of fun made a lot of you know friends a lot forever who won five individual ncaa crowns and was a member of three national championship relays now Meehan will will be the will work with Ledecky through the 2020 Olympics and probably the 2024 games. Said Ledecky won many of her races, many of her races belied the challenges that college uh, swimming presented. You know, I mean, it's a little different when you when you race the college races. I, I think she gave up her her some of her strengths. The pool isn't as big; it's a smaller pool. Another thing. So listen. So that in her first re- race after shedding her amateur status, she saved, shaved five seconds off her three-year-old world record in the fifteen hundred meter freestyle. It was the fourteenth world record swim of her career, but her first since she entered Stanford. So she got actually faster afterwards. And she can't place a finger on, but she said, uh, "She said I've had my best training. I was able to just kind of flip a switch and start doing things in practice that I've never, never done or hadn't done since the years before Rio." Unbelievable. And it's also about the process for Ledecky. And that's what she, you know, she told. Now, this was the, Linda uh, Falkenstein was the Virginia mother in the Twitter exchange who had a requested advice for 11-year-old daughter. And she said uh, her daughter, Ewan Worst, that was the daughter's name. I, I can't even, I'm not even pronouncing it right. But embrace the chase of those ahead of you. The times will come and you will have fun getting there. Embrace the chase. And it actually traveled through the Hayden Village Villains, where the Falkensteins are members. Some of the parents have contemplated designing team t-shirts that said embrace the chase across the front and the time will come across the back, which I think is great. In, the, in an era where parents often feel pressure to hire private coaches for their children and steer them to single sport, Ledecky's message was medicine that broke the fever. And actually, after their first meet after reading Ledecky's message, uh, Ewan posted best times in her butterfly backstroke and freestyle races. We read what Katie wrote, and it was like, wait a minute, maybe we should just relax. Maybe you should fucking relax. I mean, come on. It's ridiculous. Take it down a notch. I thought it was a great... Listen, that's all these kids. Listen, let them enjoy. enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. That's just a great way. Embrace, you know... it. I mean, it's just like, real. just like, come on. Embrace the chase, the time, embrace the chase. You should. You should. Don't make it all about it. Just let them relax. Take it down a fucking notch. Yeah, I thought it was a great article. You could see I was getting excited I was reading it because I was like, you know what? I mean, I see, when I coach the kids, 
we were doing T-ball and some of the parents were like trying to tell, oh, you know, let's, how they're hitting, put their elbows up. I don't think it's hit the fucking ball. The parents are like, oh, pay attention. These are three-year-old kids. You know, the parents are getting on them. They're three years old. Let them run around. They want to chase. They want to throw the ball at the coach. We need to, we, we're getting so into everything that these kids just have to get tutored and they have to get, you know, ahead. We have to keep getting ahead, ahead, ahead. And sometimes you got to let them t- just smell the coffee because you're going to burn these fucking kids out. You're going to burn them out bad. So I thought that was interesting. And I like what Pat Shermer says in the preseason game. They're, they're learning. It's a learning tool for the team. Yeah, I, I definitely think that was a great thing. Well, you had you had uh, Barkley, who ran 39 yards in the first carry. Robert Martin, 39 yards. A rookie back from Rutgers. And Jalen Simmons, a free agent, at 38 yards. 5.8 yards per carry against the Browns. And he goes, you need to have explosive gains, which they did. Listen, last year they said that Barkley's run would have been a two-yard run. Davis Webb, he said, uh, blaming too much on being too amped. He thought he was too amped. I still don't think, listen, it's Eli Manning's team until it's not. Davis Webb is, you know, hey, I, I, I've read about all the books he keeps and all the research he does, but sometimes you got to put the books down. you gotta, you got to show it on the field. And you know what? Let, let's see what he can do that. Let's see what he can do. He said, want to do well is a good thing, Shermer said. I think we as coaches can help can help with that. You know, and he, he also, he pointed out a mistake without calling someone out. It was a corner route, and we missed it. He talked a web uh, throw that missed Khalif Raymond in the end zone. He barely mentioned the loss. He said, he said there's that feeling of disappointment. Instead, he focused on the learning process. Yeah, I agree. They got to get the team ready for to play the real games. He goes, there's a lot we can learn from the guys that played got better. That's exactly And Shermer was a linebacker, guard, and center during his all Big Ten years at Michigan State. He's old school. And he talked about turnovers, and you hear the voice of Bill Parcells. What's most important is what you is what you do after turnovers. He said, pointing to the recovered fumble punt that led to a Giants touchdown against the Browns. That's a good team thing. I agree. It's what you do. You get the turnover. You got to do something with them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love what um, uh, what uh, what uh, um, Eli said about about uh, Barkley said it just to run, you know. Let's not let's not go berserk yet. All right, and you know, talk about Penn State has not had a good good uh, pro uh, pro running backs Blair Thomas, Kajana, but Kajana got got hurt. Curtis Enos, tough man. Larry Johnson had some good years though. It's a pretty good years, and I read an interesting thing. So next year is Stonewall, the 50th anniversary, and the 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 Yankees have fallen behind, behind other teams with um, they're having a pride. They're going to have a pride event, I think, next year. But they said that they really should be embracing it. Whereas the NBA had a float. Uh, actually, the commissioner was at the was on a float, and Major League Baseball had a float at the Pride Parade. Dodgers had a kissing game with the same, same couple. Actually, there was a couple that was kissing and somebody complained and the Dodgers were embarrassed by it. But they're talking about how these two, Mets have had some pride events. You know, LG, uh, LGBT, yeah, LBGT events. And, you know, I think, I, I can't, you know, Yankees, Yankees are like the last to do everything. But I, I don't understand in this day and age, hey, 
people, everybody can get married. Everybody can get divorced now. I think we have to get to a point where we have to, everybody has to be, let's, let's get everybody accepted. That's, I, I just think it's, it shouldn't even be up for discussion. Now, I love what Edwin Jackson said. You know, he's on his 13th team now. He's with the A's. And he just got his 101st Major League victory. He said, uh, he said it, would be, it, it, it would still be nice to say I'd had 100 wins of baseball, no doubt. But I have to pitch past 100. Because if you get 100, it's like 100 was your goal. You've got to shoot past the moon. Don't let the moon be the limit. After he got his 100th, you know, he got his 101st win. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They asked him, uh, so Tyler Kaplan said, uh, it seemed as if 101 would mean more to him than 100. And he said, hey, you know, you got to, you want to, yeah, you want to keep striving for more. Yeah, so Chapman got his first save today since July 31st, scoreless ninth. And the pouring, it was pouring today, dude. Zach Brady gave up freaking pair runs for the second time with three appearances. He could have protected a 3-1 lead in the seventh. Not good. Santon, fourth home run in five games. He continues to play with leg tight, left leg tightness. And they still haven't heard anything about Judge. You know, I mean, he's still still not 100%, man. So I guess we'll see how that works out. But with the wrist. So it's, I think it's just going to take time. Listen, can't push that shit. Can't rush it. Yeah, 53rd Christmas Day. Kitty Ledecky, man. She is freaking awesome. So Steve uh, Politi for, uh, for um, the Star Ledger. Said the Giants rushed the ball 394 times last season. Only twice did the game more than 39 yards. Isn't that crazy? Twice. And David Wright's going to play in the minors tomorrow after spending two years in the deal. That's a, that's a positive. I'd love him to come back. J.D. Martinez, 36 home run. Three more home runs than anyone else. Man, he is having a fucking... He's, he's MVP. He is definitely the M, 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 MVP. MVP. Yeah. Yeah. And Vikings will honor uh, Tony Sperano with a helmet on their stickers. I think that's a classy move. Very classy move. Yeah. All right. Let us get to the trivia questions. Okay. Lash. And I think I thought I did this trivia question in the past. Most doubles all time in Major League Baseball history. Most doubles all time in Major League Baseball history. Earl Webb, 67 for the 1931 Red Sox. Okay, tonight's trivia question. Name the two Major League Baseball players who have played 13 Major League Baseball with with 13 Major League Baseball teams. Name the two Major League Baseball players who have played for 13 Major League Baseball teams. I just talked about one of them tonight during the podcast. All right, Yankees got the win today. Mets are tied. Can Tiger pull out a major tomorrow? I don't know. Hey, he's four shots off the lead. Anything's possible. I've got to work in the morning, folks. It's time for me to go to bed. Have a good night. Peace out. Katie Ledecky, you fucking rock. You keep doing what you're doing. And kids, embrace the chase. Embrace the chase. Listen, life is too goddamn short. You want these kids, the parents, I, I, are, they, are you doing it for yourselves or for your kids? You know, I love the kids that I watch when I coach that love playing the game and they're not being forced to do anything where the parents are like, oh, you know, he's got to play, you know, they're, they're, they're screaming at him, whatever. Let, let them find what they want to play. And eventually they can go to one sport, but you're making these kids go to one sport. I don't think you should be even playing with that shit until the kid gets to high school. Let him play all the sports they want. Let him play. Let him play all different sports. Use different muscles, and I think they'll be better off than making these kids play baseball from the time they're eight until they're eighteen. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I said my piece. Peace out. <laughs>